God is good. Amen. What a great Sunday morning at 9 a.m. crowd. Uh, you guys, I tell you, if you can get up early on Sunday morning um, after a long week of work, then God is already at work for you. So, hey, uh, this is the hard part because I could have just stayed up here in that atmosphere of worship the whole time. Um, I really believe God does have a, a word for us this morning. And I got to tell you, we're going to be switching gears a little bit, but not so much uh, as you would think. I'm going to open with a video, and I didn't plan to do an introduction here, uh, just open the video. Uh, there's going to be a little humor in this message today, and uh, I hope you'll keep in the same spirit of worship, because by the time we're done with this message, you're going to understand that God has orchestrated everything. Uh, one of the songs we sang talked about the joy, um, that the joy, and we know that the joy of the Lord is our strength. And so uh, I just, uh, we're going to watch this video, and uh, then we'll get into the message. Are you tired of small groups always getting into your business, trying to get you to share your feelings, discuss your past, confess your sins? Are you just looking for a place to kick it, network, maybe get some free grub? Me too. That's why I created what I believe to be the world's first openly shallow small group. We're not here to deal with messy stuff like feelings and emotions. You got problems? You deal with that. You're an adult. Life ain't easy. So stop the pity party. We all have our issues. We don't really want to do life together. Frankly, at Shallow Small Group, we try not to do much of anything at all. You'll never hear us use the term, unpack that thought. We're sure it's packed away for a really good reason. And you'll never hear us use the term accountability unless you're talking about someone who deals with numbers. Hey, dude, thanks for doing my taxes. You have great accountability. And spiritual growth? Who wants growth? I had a growth removed last week. It wasn't pleasant. There's no pressure here to remember each other's name. What's going on, buddy? Oh, hey, man. How's it going? Yeah, that's cool. Good. Good. Oh, dude. Captain, what's going on? We know you have a name, and that's the important thing. Group discussion? You got tickets to the big game? Sweet. Let's spend some time on that. Oh, you and your wife are struggling financially? There's tension in the relationship? Uh, that's not really the vibe we're going for. We avoid conflict like the plague. Wants cake. <laughs> and there will never, ever be an awkward silence. That's our guarantee to you. We hate bad theology as much as the next guy. And we know the surest way to prevent bad theology is to avoid theology altogether. And outreach? This is the only outreach you'll ever have to do. Some people say we're superficial, but hey, the word supers and superficial. I mean, who doesn't want to be super? Shallow small group, because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? All right. So laughter is good. The joy of the Lord uh, creates laughter. And we know that uh, joy is not the to topic of my sermon today. Actually, fellowship is. Um, you know, I... Uh, from time to time, I get time to put a little uh, picture up on Facebook that announces the message, and, and sometimes I don't, but uh, this time I put it up there, and I'm sure there might have been a few people like, Pastor, in 2016, you spent three months on community, and fellowship sounds an awful like that, like that topic. Well, there are some aspects of that, but um, we're a family. Th this church was founded to be a family church. It really was. It's the very DNA of it. You know, uh, my parents attend here and are here this morning in the service, and, 
and I'm sure they don't necessarily like me to use them for examples, but um, I've always been in trouble as the last of four, so um, it's nothing new now. But, you know, there are people, and, and I, I don't want this to sound like I'm just bragging on, on them, because I know a lot of great ministers I've seen this into, but there are people who, in their hour of need, that they haven't pastored for over 30 years, who will contact them and say, I just need you to pray. They have a good pastor. They're not trying to duck their pastor. They just have built such a relationship. It's lifelong. But that didn't come from just a couple hours in a service, right? That was doing life together. That was really leaning on each other, not just in your hour of need, but in, in the fun times too. I remember as a kid that, uh, I mean, one of the most exciting things that my kids do too, you know, I didn't homeschool like my kids did. But here's the odd thing. I didn't make all that many close friends in in public school because most of our youth group went to a different high school and a different junior high and I just didn't relate to a lot of kids there and so I remember lonely times but the fun times was when there was some kind of fellowship at somebody's house when there was a, a fellowship happening at the church or some place where we could get together and it was just hanging out building friendships building friendships not not your church friends and your other friends but building true long-term friendships and fellowship is vital to the growth of any church we've been in a series six superpowers of the supernatural church that that if you've come here at new song today my prayer has been that there's no flash for the sake of flash there's no nothing put on or trying to contrive something or let's show a funny video so they'll want to come back it's that i want your life to be changed every time you come in not but not because of me but because god uses us as vessels to invest in you, to equip you and build you up. And so um, there's something really been burning my heart now for several years that I, there's something missing from, from church, not just here. I visit other churches when I'm away, and, and they're great churches, but there's just something I, I feel is missing. There's some kind of dis, disjuncture between uh, the people, and I would dare say that it's something similar I see in about every church where, where people are not gathering together on a regular basis other than in the church setting, in the building, during worship time. Now one thing that I, I want to uh, bring back, not for the sake of tradition, but we used to get together and in, in the service we'd have a time to shake hands and fellowship. And I'm looking at ways that we bring some of that back because um, I don't know what it is, but I feel like we're starting to miss those close relationships there's some of you been going here for a long time and when someone comes into the church that you know you gravitate towards them because that's your comfort zone but then there's people that walk in that might have been coming here for months and and it's just that we aren't making connection so as we look at this six pillars which i'll warn you this series may go longer than six because as i'm digging into this i'm finding there's more than six, i'm sorry six pillars there's more than six superpowers uh, that a supernatural church has if a church is supernatural, I'm not talking about like the show Supernatural, where we're talking about ghosts and goblins and then also church and anything religious, but I'm talking about when the power of God interacts with us. Um, you know, we started with wow worship. I felt like it was important that we first focus in on worshiping God. And then we looked at stewardship on Super Bowl Sunday. You know, I've been gone for a few Sundays. And uh, Super Bowl Sunday, we talked about stewardship and what that means to, uh, what, what kind of superpower that is for the supernatural church. But today we're looking at superpower number three, fellowship. Fellowship. It's one of the most important. You see, if the church can't worship, cannot disciple, which is another superpower we'll cover, discipleship, 
And if the church can't fellowship, they shouldn't try to bother doing any, anything else. Because God created this vehicle, that I'm going to call it a vehicle, the church unit, uh, as a body of believers to do life together, to fellowship, be a community. The early Christians devoted themselves to fellowship. They didn't just do fellowship. They, they made fellowship a priority. It was the number one thing that they did was gather together to build relationships. And fellowship in the body of Christ certainly uh, is not to be a side issue. Uh, when we plan, you know, we've been changing the, the schedule for our first Sunday fellowships because, quite honestly, there are certain months where people didn't really stick around. And I paid attention to that. And, and the guys that helped me put that on, you know, we said, hey, look, if people aren't engaging in it, that defeats the purpose of us doing it. And so uh, we'll change it to fit um, what, what seems to, to work for everybody. This, this word fellowship does not do justice to the depth of what biblical, the biblical concept was about. In the video, uh, we, we may poke fun at it, but you know, honestly, I think some of the things expressed there that we thought was funny is probably what some people really feel when they are put into a group situation, especially a small group situation where there's personal interaction. But the word in the Greek was koinonia, and I'm not sure I am that great on the pronunciation, but koinonia. So this, this comes from a root meaning um, of common or shared. And one, one, uh, one other's definition that was kind of a, a takeoff of the actual definition, from, a, from partnership, a community of believers in unity and freedom, living lives of worship in honor of Jesus Christ with abandon, exuberance, and joy. Really want to emphasize joy. Had a good discussion at men's Bible study, breakfast and Bible study yesterday about not doing things out of task. That, that my goal is not to just put a warm body in some kind of ministry area, a new song, because they're available and we don't have anybody else to do it. I, I've seen how that works. You know, and then we run through times where nobody's feeling led to do something that's very needed. And, and the ones who are helping in that area are very stressed, and like, why can't we just get some people to help? But here's the thing, when we begin to do things out of task and not out of a passion or what God has placed in our heart to do, we're not going to be excellent at it anyway. Because there's a key component to doing any type of ministry out of, out of your knowledge of Christ and your relationship with him. And, and it's not just passion and drive, or it's not just talent, it's God's help. He will help you do the things that he wants you to do. And fellowship is not a task, it's actually a blessing. Today, however, we often view fellowship as what we do in a fellowship hall or uh, in the foyer of a fellowship. Uh, the, we, our foyer is our fellowship hall. In, in the new campus, when you look and you're like, where are we going to gather, Pastor? Um, that foyer is actually bigger than it looks. And uh, I've seen that work at Trinity Fellowship and others where they transition in and out of their, their foyer and use that as their fellowship hall. And that's what we use here. And we're going to keep that in the culture of New Song. And we've uh, specifically looked at how that's going to work with people coming in and out of the building. So, I mean, yes, there is some, uh, if you want to say some logistics into figuring out when you have a big group of people, how are you going to help them to fellowship? Had another conversation. Uh, we got to visit with Brittany and Vincent uh, in uh, their home uh, with all the kids. And uh, I was not doing well taking care of the babies. Apparently, I've lost my touch. But uh, we were talking over the, the babies crying and everything else going on and just mentioned that, you know, 
you can sometimes come to a smaller church like this, be here six months, and still not know half the people's names. Maybe not even a handful of names. And why is that? Why, why were we able to come in, hear the word preached about how we're supposed to be drawn closer together and closer to God, and that's the whole thing about community, and how can we be somewhere and, and come regularly for that many times and, and not even get to know a name? See, Christian fellowship is two-dimensional. And it has to be vertical before it can be horizontal. If things that we, we know from past messages God has brought here, that if things are broken in your relationship between you and God, they will be broken in your relationships with others. And to much that God has given you, much will be required. Here's the thing, a non-believer actually has it a little bit easier because they don't have the expectation on them that God does for relationships. You know the truth. You've heard God's word, and now you have the responsibility to it. So now, when you don't keep your relationship with God in check, your relationships around you will be broken. God, how can I go to work, and this, this atheist over here seems to have a happier marriage than me? How can this atheist have better friendships than me? How come it seems like they have more fun going to their club thing, whatever they do, and I don't have that much fun at church? And we get bitter about church, or we get bitter or sour about the people there, or, or what's broken in my, my community that I hang out in. And many times it's not about that, it's really something's gotten broken between us and God, and that's how we're seeing things, because we're not doing our part to be in fellowship either. Today's not gonna, I'm going to give you a little bit of break here. Today's not about church attendance. Some of you may, may think, oh, pastor's going to, transition into how many times people miss church in my humanness does it discourage me when people aren't here yes I, I'd, have, I'd be lying to you if I told you that it doesn't it doesn't discourage me some is it right for me to be discouraged about that no we're in the bible belt and we are in a place where uh, corporate America is driving schedules right this whole area is fast-paced houses are built within three to four months you know uh, that is not, not something I can control. God has to change in us. But we have to look at it. If we're going to complain about the way society is going and the way that relationships are going in the world and, and how things are broken, the church has to step up and, and exemplify how it needs to be. That sometimes means we need to figure out in our schedules how we can build relationships because it's not working the way we're doing it. So, Christian fellowship is two-dimensional. We have, we must have a good, healthy relationship with God, the Father, through his son Jesus Christ before we can know the reality of fellowship with each other. When Jennifer and I met, we met at James River Assembly. Many of you all know that at James River Church now. And uh, they changed their little tagline of what their main thing that they're, they're focusing on right now. It's we're a family. But when we went there, it was um, we want to be Upward in worship, uh, inward in commitment, and outward in evangelism. And in that little saying, they were they saying this very same thing. We want to be upward in worship. We want to first focus on our relationship with God. We want to make that make inward commitments to Him and those that we're walking life with. And then we want to be outward in relationship or in outreach. So, so Paul. When we look at what Paul wrote in Ephesians, and I'm not, I'm not going to mention a specific verse yet, but just, just the very cornerstone, the very reason we can even call this a family is because of Jesus. He is the foundation. 
You see, we, unless you are of Jewish descent, we are all Gentiles who have been adopted into the family of Christ. If you've made a decision to follow Christ, you are an adopted child. And so we are all just adopted children, again, unless you are of Jewish descent, and we are here together as Gentiles who have been adopted into the royal family of Christ. Jesus is the very glue. He is, if you will, God and his son Jesus, the patriarchs of our family. But he's the very glue that holds this unique and diverse family together. Without him, it will fall apart. I mentioned before, if you want to surround yourself by people who are going to help you to grow in Christ, pay attention to what their main mode of conversation is. Do they ever really want to talk about the Lord? Is that something that rolls off their lips pretty often? Do they talk about the goodness of God in their life and what he's done for them? Do they, do they express those things? Is, is God foremost in their life? Now, I'm not saying you can't have non-Christian friends that you're ministering to. Jesus did. But he had 12 close disciples he was pouring into that everything was about teaching and training them to carry on his ministry after his death, burial, and resurrection. And that's the model for us. Jesus was teaching us how to disciple that we, we, we need to be around people who are going to pour into us, and then we give it out. The person who is not in fellowship with the Father through the Son is no Christian at all. That's not to be mean. It's just the truth of God's Word. And so uh, they cannot share or even understand the reality of Christian fellowship. That's why we have to be not a seeker-friendly church, not not a we're a cool hip church where people don't feel confronted by the holy spirit we're simply a church that doesn't put expectations on non-believers or those struggling that don't belong non-christians will not act christ-like don't expect them to come to church and fit our culture they may come in and if they let out a big curse word we don't have security haul them off right if they come in and do something that doesn't fit with our church culture you know Danny's got their hat on sideways, pants hanging low, right? And it just rubs us the wrong way. Yeah, I've always wanted just, just once at service. I'm going to come in, hat turned sideways. I, I need suspenders, so we want to go with the other part. Um, but those things that rub us, they're abrasive to us because it's not what we think of when we think of a church. And, and part of it is because we think church is everything about people's relationship with God. It's not. It's necessary for a healthy relationship with God's people. It's meant to be a vehicle to encourage and build up. My messages and me myself probably have offended everyone in this room at one point if you've been around long enough. I, I am not that polished and not that smooth that I won't offend you or upset you or disappoint you. But if you're coming here because I'm what's going to make you feel like this is your home and it all surrounds me and relationship with me, then you've missed the whole point of church because look around you. Just take a look at all the people around you. Now, I don't call people out in church very much. Don't get nervous. This isn't bad, all right? There are, there are two rows there of people who are very new to New Song but have been coming pretty consistently for some time. You know, there, there's a row over here with a couple that have been very new to New Song. You know, we've got, we've got people in second service. That would be the same way. Now, if I had not pointed that out, Belinda, did you, would you have known that the folks sitting behind you are very new to New Song? Oh, okay. <laughs> Thanks, Belinda. Apparently you didn't get my email about this little setup before. No. <laughs> Belinda, Belinda knows me from, like, 
junior high and high school in band. So, you know, she can she can say what she wants to me. And we love, we love Linda and, and Beth a lot. So, um, But, you know, some of you guys may not know. Now, let me ask you this. Somebody comes in that's not polished, right? They've not grown up in church. And you hear them in another venue somewhere out just cussing up a storm or doing something. And then you're like, well, that church, those people, right? But little did you know that just like your problems, they got some too. And that's what they're here for, seeking God to help them. And I'm picking on cussing because historically in church, here's the biggies. We can always pick on the outward ones when we see, oh, cussing. Oh, that's, you know, this. Or smoking. Or, or we pick our favorites, right? Because that's something we don't have a problem with. So we pick those. But see, fellowship is meant to go, uh, go transcend all of that because it's a community of people at different stages that are walk with Christ with different issues who are coming to get together for the purpose of whatever God wants to burn out of their life. Now, I'm going to say something. Don't think that this is how I stand on it because I don't know. But I can't really find in Scripture. There, there are some things about harsh words and, and Lord's name in vain and but what we consider cussing, how do we even know what words is it that bothers God? How do we know? Culturally? So we know that we aren't supposed to offend people, right? And if there's things that are offensive. But listen, if, if that's your struggle, mine's overeating. Here's a confession for you. I ate a whole large pizza last night starting to finish up my sermon. And I felt sick afterwards. And I'm thinking, what a sin this is. <laughs> right? Maybe funny, but truth of it is, it was a sin. I'm being dead honest with you. That was a sin. My body hurt after I ate that. I could have I ate some the next day. See, it's hard to be, it's hard, isn't it? I, I get it. And, and I, we started out with funny, so I'm not trying to make you not laugh here. It's okay. But, but in from my heart of hearts, do you know one of my burdens I carry every day? I stand in the mirror and say, how can people look at me as someone who will help them discipline their lives if I can't discipline mine? And it's blaringly obvious for me. You know, there are people who struggle with that and it, it hurts their heart that they can't get under control. And, and we can laugh about it and every time I'm, I make a funny about it, I, I also think I probably shouldn't have done that because someone is not ready to laugh about theirs. Right? I, I'm getting off on a rabbit trail here and I, I want to I make sure that I finish what God asked me to finish. But, but listen, I've asked some people in here to pray for me for my sermons. I, I walked out here one night and said, that stunk. Actually, I didn't use a curse word, but I used a word my mom would not approve of, so I won't say it, because C-R-A-P is bad word in our family. Some of you, that's nothing. <laughs> but Wednesday night, you may not have felt that way, but I'm a, it's not my best. God, God's given me ability to do better than that. And, and I made some other things a priority that I probably should have not made a priority. So, so what I'm saying is, is this whole thing of fellowship is not about waiting until you get your life straightened out together before you get around people who seem to be doing it better in your mind's eye, which you may not know all the junk they got going on. It's to get together because we're going to sharpen each other in different areas. It's because your problems may not be my problems, but, but I've got problems that you can help me with. So now my iPad's keeping me out of the sermon. But the church is to be a family. Its unity does not come from organization or ritual or tradition. It comes from Christ. It's emulated in what Christ did in the relationships we see that he exampled for us before he left it to others to carry on. Where Christ is, there is the church. 
You don't think it's hard for me to, to walk uh, into another church where they seem to be doing everything right. The pastor has it all together. You know, when I was with the, at the Bond Slaves uh, uh, Winter Nationals when I was gone the last Sunday, um, this guy that retired from our uh, Christian Motorcycle Club, he's pastor a church like 1,200. They're ministering in seven or eight different countries on a regular basis. Monday, after this long weekend of him and his church people blessing us, he was heading to Ireland for, I don't know how many times I've been there. They televise all over. Um, he's, like I said, 50 full-time staff members. And, you know, and he's, he's telling me all this stuff that I should do. And, I, you know, some of it was great stuff. And, and uh, you know, at times, you don't think I feel like, oh, God, how can I do all this stuff right? But you know what? I also heard another message by someone I really look up to who reminded me of something Pastor Jim told me before he died, the one that started this church. And you know, it's all about loving God and loving people. You want to know what the Christian faith is all about? You can sum it up in that. Loving God with all your heart, soul, mind, and spirit. Relationship with him and relationship with other people and loving them. The loving part's hard because they're different and they may rub you the wrong way, but that's where it gets hard. The church will realize that Konania, that Greek word for fellowship, uh, uh, they only will realize it when they realize it does not exist to propagate the point of view of any body of people. Another thing I heard this week was, was really good in, in explaining how you know, one church will be formed because they found one truth that they forgot, and they're going to hammer on that, and then anyone who doesn't agree with them on that, then you're just out. You know, an example, you know, there are some that, will believe, that don't believe in, in miracles today, especially miracle of healing. And if they're sick and you want to pray for them, they're going to say no because that doesn't exist anymore. And, you know, so, so there's an example of a guy who had believed that his whole life. He got deathly sick, and someone offered pray for him, and he finally gave in, and he was healed. Now, he has ignored, he has built his whole belief in God around that. That has been the main point. If you're going to talk to him about Christian faith, he's going to try to make sure you understand that. And now he's confronted with, now I've been wrong. Really wrong. God's proven it to me. And so then he builds another church all around the whole healing thing, and he takes it to the extreme to where it, it gets out of the realm of what God's doing. It's like he's trying to produce it. You, you see, we can't, we can't, make our fellowship about and coming together our fellowship about some big point that we want to make with people it's all about my stance on this political or otherwise i I go to a small group and then someone doesn't believe the same way i do about the election i can't go there because i don't fit in with those people you know fellowship is about christ and christ alone it's about what he wanted to teach his disciples that he wanted us to get from his word and to to do together and fellowship has some vital aspects. Fellowship is about relationship. Beginning with a common bond. Our common bond is Jesus Christ. It's all we need. In a new song, the only common bond you need to get together with someone else is that they are coming because they want to grow close to Christ. That's it. Fellowship is first the sharing together in a common life without other believers through relationship with God and Jesus Christ. I'm going to take a little side note here and tell you I will have another message in this series that deals with being influential. And we will deal with those things where you've had someone come to your house and, and they haven't been respectful of your environment. Or, or other things that may say, well, I've had a bad experience uh, bringing people in my home or, or getting together with them outside of church. But fellowship is first and foremost a relationship rather than an activity. 
I want, that, I want us to be able to work towards changing our mindset. If you have it in your mind that when the church has something where people are getting together, it's an activity. And Pastor, you're, you're making it sound like you expect me to be at every single thing we have. No. There's fellowship that happens in many different ways through our body. Some of you have a, a group of people that you're trying to minister to outside of New Song and, and you're trying to disciple and you're getting together with them and they may, ther- may never step through the doors here but because of your growing in Christ here, you've got a fellowship of people who you're trying to, to impact. But that can't be your excuse for not getting to know the people who God has placed you around here. You can't give yourself a free ticket that you have no responsibility to the place God has planted you in growing in relationship here. So fellowship means we belong to each other in a relationship because we share together the common life and enabling grace of Jesus Christ. This is fellowship in the vertical. So it's also about partnership. Partnership together. A beautiful prayer time with my boys today and I pray, God, thank you for not just sons that you've given me as a steward, they're your children, but thank you for them being partners in ministry. And I meant that with all my heart. They truly have been partners with me in ministry. They pray for me. Jen tells me about their prayers for me. They, they uh, want to do things here. That's why they're taking up offering. It's not because I'm thinking that's some kind of ploy to get people to give more because uh, two boy, you know, young boys are doing it. They asked to do that because they were bored. They wanted to serve. So rather than activity, the principle is that any activity it follows should come out of the relationship. We should want to get together. And, and fellowship means we belong to each other in a relationship because we share together the common life and enabling grace of Jesus Christ. All right, so partnership. In spending time together, you also learn to care for each other. Miss Frankie had to go this week for um, uh, what was going to be a procedure and they, they found out some bad news and it's going to take longer and m- much more extensive and and uh, I mentioned to the guys that we prayed for you, Miss Frankie, that um, we love you. If Miss Frankie walks in and she doesn't have a smile on her face, she may be smiling inside, but that is evidence she is in great pain because that lady has never stopped smiling since we've known her. And she has encouraged Jen and I when we were ready to quit. You may not like her now when you realize you could have got rid of me a long time ago if it hadn't been for Miss <laughs> Frankie. Sorry, this is supposed to be about fellowship. I may have broken the message here. Giving and receiving at various times, we should all be one or the other. Ken and I have known each other for a long time. There's been long periods of time we didn't see each other. When we see each other, it's just like a warm blanket, right? I know we're guys. That may sound weird, but it is. It warms my heart. I see him, I smile, and that is family. I am comfortable. I can kick my shoes off at his home. Uh, and if they stink, he can tell me, put them back on. (laughs) And I don't get offended. It's a give and take. Your closest relationships will be a give and take. There will be times you'll have people who are just takers. And you can keep that healthy if you just don't let them become someone who drags you down. But if you can stay strong in the word and your prayer time, then you can disciple them and minister them, but they'll be takers. I have one particular uh, young man that's been here before that Mickey uh, uh, had, uh, had witnessed to, and, and uh, he calls me consistently, and I'm just his uh, ride from jail or this or that, and I know that. Uh, 
And I'm not gossiping about him. I told him that on the phone. Right now, that's all I am to you. I'm not your pastor. You're always saying, you know, I'll be at church, whatever. I was like, I just got to tell you, I don't care about that. I care about the condition of your heart and where you're at. I don't care if I come and pick you up from jail, but you go to another church and you tithe there. Kingdom isn't about, you know, uh, we're a club and when you pay dues someplace, that's where you got to be. Kingdom is about, about relationship. So at various times we'll be, be that for one another. It's a give and take. And finally, it's about companionship. You know, there's a lot of people who are believers who are consistently, chronically lonely. And they didn't get there on their own. They came seeking a place where they could have companionship in the body. And they're not finding it. Maybe they're kind of difficult to get to know, but God's given you the gift of gab or, or uh, just the gift of something that, that will relate to them. Especially when it comes to single people. Single people who maybe don't have anybody else immediately in their life and, and the church goes on thinking they're fine, you know, they got their stuff together, but they're just chronically lonely. And they need companionship. Companionship involves communion and communication and inter, uh, interchange and intimacy and sharing and, and receiving. You know, God might have created the marriage relationship so that we all don't sin and we, you know, when we, we see that girl and, and it's like, God's like, wow, you know, God, God's created that because Paul says if you can stay single, then hey, great, but if you're going to burn and lust, then you better get married. But, you know, there's a concept that fits for marriage and every other relationship and the intimacy doesn't mean quite what we make it to mean sometimes. Intimacy is, is beyond the surface. That I lay down my life for you. And I do that heartbeat. Because I just love you that much. And we have an intimate relationship. And we're guys in a world where that can sound kind of icky. You know? But I don't care. Because Christ defines, defines what I say in my relationships, not the world. You know, you've got to find people that you're in fellowship with like that because your relationship with Christ will never be what it's meant to be until you can get that straight. You'll always have problems being intimate in relationship with God when you block the intimacy in relationships he puts in front of you. In our communion with the Lord, we need to listen to his voice and we need to respond in obedience. And, and then the communion with each other happens out of that. And God has created us to be dependent on people. You know, when we take communion as, as a symbol of what Christ did on the cross for us, you, you know, he shared the bread, right? He broke, he said, this is my body, I broke for you. And we're supposed to examine our hearts. And if we have something uh, against someone, we're supposed to make that right. You know, that's, that's the whole thing. Christ is trying to say, we are a body of believers together. And we can't just come to him when we're, everything's broken around us, we need to make sure that we keep it just as healthy around us as it is with him. God has created us to be dependent people, dependent on him and one another. And sometimes has suggested that if, if you are one of those who gets their religion by watching religious broadcasts on TV or listening to the gospel via radio, you might want to step up, the, uh, step up to the television after the service and give it a great big hug and see how that feels. Especially if you got one of those 65-inch flat screens. Just try to get your arms around that. Hug your pastor. I, I'm not jealous of the TV preachers. I don't care. I'm just saying. If you think that you know, it's broken in church, so you're just going to get it from... That's because you're, you don't like to have to work at it. You don't like the conflict that happens when you're sharpening each other. 
It's all to you. It's like I'm giving my money there because they're really ministering to people like me. You're just hiding out from what God really intended the church to be. There's a place for that. There's a place for encouragement to get something from, from the word when you can't be at the church. I got that. What about cyber church? If it's the main source, it's foolish. The electronic religion of multitudes of people as a primary source or primary accountability creates emptiness. Facebook creates emptiness. I'm not against Facebook. It can be a ministry tool, but if that's your main source of relationship, then you're feeling empty and you're feeling alone. If that's where you run to for, for your approval from people and, and you run to for relationship. What does it require of you as a family member here at New Song in order to foster that family relationship? Well, the truth of Koinonia, that God's family has some responsibility to each other, that we are to be hospitable to each other. First Peter 4, 9, cheerfully share your home with those who need a meal or a place to stay. That's being more than nice. Number two, we are to have a care for one another. 1 Corinthians 12.26 If one part suffers, all the parts suffer with it. And if one part is honored, all the parts are glad. If people are sick and you don't feel any compassion towards that, then your relationship with the church body is broken. It's not lip service, but selfless service. Number three, we, pray, we are to pray for one another. James 5.16 Confess your sins to each other and pray for each other so that you may be healed. The earnest prayer of the righteous person has great power and wonderful results. We're not to ignore one another. Number four, we are to restore one another. James 5, 19 through 20. My dear brothers and sisters, if anyone among you wanders away from the truth and is brought back again, you can be sure that one, the one who brings that person back will save that sinner from death and bring about the forgiveness of many sins. So we're not to destroy one another. Number five, we are to teach and admonish one another. Corinthians, First uh, Corinthians three sixteen. I'm sorry, Colossians three sixteen. Uh, it cut it off there. I apologize if I'm giving you the wrong text here. But let the words of Christ in all their richness live in your hearts and make you wise. Use His words to teach and counsel each other. Sing psalms and hymns and spiritual songs to God with thankful hearts. Uh, you know, I'm getting ready to talk here in a minute about something we start on Sunday nights, but a few of the newer folks have already been involved in this and come to our home and Belinda and Beth and others, and uh, they are already uh, been in worship ministry before. And so we broke out instruments, even kids, and, and my parents do that. They have a monthly sing at their house where they, people uh, in their age group, um, young folks come together and, and worship together uh, in the style of music that they grew up and bless them. And then we are to serve one another in love, Galatians 5.13, for you have been called to live in freedom, not freedom to satisfy your sinful nature, but freedom to serve one another in love. So giving of yourself to one another. Here are some practical suggestions that will enhance our ability to provide the proper fellowship, that family relationship we're talking about. Here we are. Uh, Number one of those practical suggestions. Learn the names of every member or at least as many as you can. We actually did a directory not long ago when someone was here that wanted to do that and it's not been real kept up, so that's an area of ministry someone uh, that feels led to do could do. Uh, But learning the names of every member at least as many as you can. If you see a brother or sister you don't know, take the initiative to meet them and to know them. 
don't just come in and go to your same view that you go to all the time. Meet someone. Uh, number two, take notice of the cares and the joys of fellow Christians. Listen to them. Unlike the video at the beginning, listen to them. Don't cut them off. Care about what they have to say. Another little tidbit we'll cover in another uh, lesson is, you know, when people are telling you problems, don't rebuttal back with yours trying to relate to them. There's, there's a gift, there's a power in just listening. and Saying, I feel it. I feel your problems. I, I feel for you. I, let me pray for you. But just listen. Number three, be an active part in the life of the family. Have you ever heard one say, I can worship and be fed spiritually at home, and the next time you hear that, tell them uh, that TV, uh, to go up to that TV sermon and hug the television like we mentioned before. Tell them to just give your TV a hug. See how that feels. And then hug me and see the difference. It's practical. I said these are practical. This is very practical. Hug your TV. Just make sure you don't rub your feet on the carpet before you do. And then, because you might think that's the Holy Spirit, and then you'll be confused. Well, I'm telling you, I got a big old zap. Holy Spirit zap when I touch mine. Number four, pray for those with special needs, mentioning them by name in your private prayers. There are folks who won't have time to be the initiators. We've got a family that has several children in wheelchairs that come in second service, and they, their ministry is they are adopting kids from the Ukraine, and, and, and who knows if they're going to stop or they've, they've, they've got a full house, but they, they don't have time to make it to the events and all that. They're going to have to have special uh, care in building fellowship that fits their, their situation. They have more responsibility than most people will have, ever have in this church that God's placed on them. They need special love and attention. They don't want to be treated differently. They just want you to understand they've got their ministry at home that it's a full-time thing. So keep prayer requests simple where they can be confidential. And, uh, and finally, allow yourself to have an approachable personality where people feel comfortable in your presence and a transparent lifestyle where you are not afraid to let others know uh, the real you. Now listen, we have all different personality types. Some are introverts. Some uh, have trouble with that. Please understand that I'm not expecting you to change who you are, but, but God will help you where you don't know how to do it. God will help you overcome some of that to be able to build the relationships because it's his desire we do it. So this is all because we're family. Now I want to end uh, with a video and then I'm going to come back and just kind of give you a little tidbit of where we're heading from here. Is your small group a too much information extravaganza? touchy-feely share-a-thon, a mind-numbing theological marathon. Mine was. That's why I created the world's first openly shallow small group. Here's how. Do you guys believe the promises of God are real? Yes, in my own life. I'm sorry. Really... Sorry, it's my bad. I, let me rephrase that. Yes or no, does anyone believe the promises of God are real? You must be ever vigilant. Nothing kills a shallow small group quicker than people opening up and sharing their feelings. Asking questions that foster discussion, mm, that's a big no-no. True or false, you had a good day today. So on a scale of one to two, A, Jesus, B, Jesus and the devil, with two being strongly agree and one being strongly disagree. So if the whale is traveling at 10 miles an hour and it spews Jonah at seven miles an hour. Does anyone know the capital of North Dakota? Anyone? Somebody give me an adverb. <laughs> if heartfelt and genuine conversation rears its ugly head, 
Hey, buddy. <laughs> well, it's time to move quickly to rid your small group of it. So that's how I interpret it. I mean, I'm no theologian or anything, but... No, you're not. Well, I, I had this verse that's been on my heart. Really? On your heart? Like just sitting there on your left ventricle? I really just wanted to share that... Fire drill, people! Small group fire drill! Find your exits now! Let's go! People! Even at prayer time, you can't let your guard down. So, does uh, anyone have a brief, generic prayer request they can cover in, say, 20 seconds? Uh, my co-worker's mother... Too specific. Someone I know has been diagnosed... Logging down. Logging down. This person is really scared. When I said brief, I wasn't talking about my underwear. Person, uh, people sick. Ah, oh, that's good. Anybody want to say a prayer for sick people? No one? I'll do it. Amen. All right, let's go eat. <laughs> Be strong, shallow small group leader. If people push you to go deeper, just remind them, crazy people don't go off the shallow end. No, they go off the deep end. Shallow small group. Because when things get too deep, people drown. Won't you join us? All right. I know we've gone a few a uh, few minutes over, but if you bear with me, um, I I like you don't have to. I didn't pass out paper for this, so you can try to do this later. Um, if you've been here longer than six months at New Song consistently, I want you to try to today at some point. I want you to try to write down twenty names of adults that aren't related to you in the church. If you've been here longer than three months, I'd like you to name five that aren't related to you that come to New Song. And if you've been here only 30 days or less, try to name at least two that you're not related to. And me and Jen don't count, all right? Because we try to get together with every, every, uh, all the new folks that come. We try our best to get together with them. So just think about that. Now, I want to tell you where we're heading from here, and I'll do this quickly. Uh, I was really struggling with this after we did the community series. I didn't really see any great effect, you know. Uh, every pastor they preach and they just in their mind it's like the little kid thinking oh everybody's just going to run to the altars it's going to be a big boohoo fest and then it's going to just change everybody's lives you know that's what we really hope for right and the lord says well it's going to take a little longer than that right and so i was like that was one issue i want to see people getting together outside of our service times um and trying to you know sacrifice time from other things to build relationships because they need it uh, the other thing was is that um Jen and I, if we try to get together with even just the folks that come and visit, if you saw how many visitors cards we get in a year, I don't know what's going to happen in the new building. I, I'm praying God's going to see uh, we keep more people, but, you know, they, we just can't fit everybody that comes through the doors. I'm just being honest. There's not enough seats. So at times you may see it a little bit empty, but uh, on a year basis, we get a lot of people come to New Song. And, and we just, we run pretty ragged sometimes before trying to get together and meet with everyone that comes through the door. So that was one issue. And then the, the last thing was, I want to see us move eventually to having small groups. And I, I, clear back before I was even pastor of this church, Pastor Roger asked me to put together something I'd like to lead for the church in part of my mentoring. And that was one thing. I came up with the model for small groups, and it's just it requires people to be willing to open up their homes and people you can trust that will lead it and not let it become a gossip session or Anything like that. You know, there's some real things that churches deal with in small groups. And uh, I just had my plate full. I just couldn't seem to get that going. So 
I really felt the Lord gave me kind of epiphany is that uh, we don't have Sunday night services. We have youth and college and career on Sunday nights. Jen and I have decided to open our home every Sunday night. As long as we are in town and, and aren't going to be out of town, which is, is rare on weekends, we're going to have a small group of 16 or less at our house. The hope for that is it's going to be a time of fellowship. We're going to feed you. Um, we're going we're gonna to mix match people. We're going to think and pray and ask God to help us figure out who to put together and just get to know each other. It, it's going to be about 5.30 by 6, and then there's no set time to be there. We want you to feel free that if you work early the next morning, you can take off. But we've already started that kind of a few test pilot times, and it's been good. And so um, it may take us a while to get everybody together. Um, but we're going to keep uh, working at this. I believe God's put in my heart. And from this, the purpose is I would like to see God birth organically, if you will, his spirit birth small group leaders from that. People who that has blessed them, they've seen the value in that, and they say, you know what, I could do this in my home. And then eventually, besides fellowship, we're, we're not doing that. We're actually getting into doing life together and ministering to each other in our homes. And so I'm leaving up to the Lord to figure out all the details past that. I just figured if I want to see, if I know the Lord's put in my heart, I got to lead it. So we're going to be doing that. Jen's agreed that if that's the time our home's open and it's not a, a crazy week of her trying to figure out homeschool and all that stuff, that Sunday nights work. So we don't really have officially Sunday night service, but we will have one small group every Sunday night. So some of you are, uh, have been invited to come this evening, and uh, we're working through that, figuring out how we're going to get everybody together. And uh, we are trying to put people together. We think we may see some common interest there and uh, start with that. So be praying for that as we move forward with it. And uh, if you have questions about it, feel free to talk to me or Jen about it. But let's just close in prayer. And our prayer needs to be, God, help us. Help us be people of fellowship. Amen. Lord, we just thank you, Lord, for your, your uh, word today. God, for the service. Boy, uh, Lord, we just are thankful for the way you opened up this time together in that worship time. Lord, we pray that you continue to do that and that, Lord, things break loose and barriers break loose and that your spirit is just free to move in, in, in people, that they allow your spirit to move them into in the style of worship, Lord, and, and into the gifts of the spirit. And, God, we just pray that you continue to increase that. And, God, we pray that our fellowship would be healthy and strong with you and outward with others. In Jesus' name. Amen. Love y'all. Have a blessed Sunday, and uh, we will uh, see you Wednesday night at 630.